everyone. Welcome to this week's Desert Island Discs. We are nearing the end of this particular friendship group, though it's definitely not the end of this series, as there's still a few episodes to come. It's been such a lovely little project to see us all through lockdown. Uh, this is the seventh chat that we have done. I'm so glad everyone's been digging them this far. We have gone international once more. We're back in Amsterdam and it's the turn of Leanne or Lily Disney as she's known in the biz. Our Leanne, our very own beauty queen, comes from a little town near Birmingham. Going against the grain, Lee left a family of doctors, her four Kardashian-esque sisters behind, and joined Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts. There, she blossomed as a dancer and went on to travel and perform in what feels like every corner of the world, from China to the Middle East to all around Europe and here in London. Never forgetting Disney, of course, where we all met, and Lee found love in Roman, who she has settled in Amsterdam with for the time being. Lee is a dreamer. She is possibly the most romantic person I know, even more than Lauren. If you tell Lee you like a guy, she's the type to go out the same day and buy a hat. She is your ultimate cheerleader. You will not find a friend that will hype you more than Lee. She is generous, an excellent gift giver, one of the strongest people I know and a forever optimist. Oh, and if you want some exceptional Instagram content, look no further than at Leanne Rathor. Lee, these are about to be your Desert Island Discs. Oh my goodness, Hilary Whitley. We're like 10 seconds in and I'm crying. <laughs> that was the, the best intro ever. I feel like this is your life. <laughs> I mentioned Lipper and she was gone. <laughs> You're one of the last that I've done this with. How has it been hearing everyone else's and has it changed your approach now that it's your turn? Yes, I wanted to submit my songs before I heard anyone else's because I was worried that hearing people's songs would send me on a different journey. So I'd already sent them to you and then tried to put it out of my mind. But it has been so, so nice listening not only to people's song choices, but hearing about the reasons behind them. And there's some dark horse, I mean, mainly oh he's such a dark horse every song revealed something new about him that i didn't know it's been really nice so thank you so much hillary for dedicating your time to us oh it's nothing are you okay doll <laughs> oh gosh pull it together <laughs> i said that you are an excellent gift giver you really really are they're always so thoughtful or really lols or just beautiful what is the best gift that you've ever been given oh that is such a good question roman teo for our anniversary a few years ago we have a song it's actually one of my desert island disc songs and it's a song that We've always, like, we always knew that we would never use it, let's say, if we ever got married, it would never be, like, our first dance song or anything. That it was, it was, like, quite a personal song. So he had a music box made, and it's like, um, do you remember those old-fashioned jewellery boxes that when you, like, pop it open and you wind it, and it tinkers the first 16 bars of the song that I will tell you later? Um, and it's so special. It actually says on the box... If music be the food of love, play on, which is something that Roman wrote to me in like one of the first letters that he sent me. He wrote that on there, so 
quite poignant that he wrote it on the music box. It's like sitting in front of me right now. It's really cute. But I, I love it because it's like quite a sad and quite an intense song. But when it's played with this tinker, it sounds like a really cute lullaby. It's a good gift. Well done, Artie. He doesn't always get it right, but when he does, smashes it. Okay, so quarantine. We are hoping we're on the way out of it now, but I want to know what has changed the most for you while we've been in lockdown? Even now I've stopped performing. I think Roman and I still spend a good chunk of our time traveling either to see his family or to see my family in the UK or friends in London. And so actually now being grounded in Amsterdam is a bit of a blessing in disguise because it means that we really like really take things down a notch, slow things down. And we've spent more time with each other in the past three months than we probably have in like the past three years. So it's really nice actually to just spend some quality time with one another. Love. Okay, Lee, let's get into the songs. First song, what have you chosen? My first song takes me back to being like maybe four or five years old. And at this time in my life, I, I now I have four sisters, but at this time I was the youngest and I had two older sisters. My mom started driving really late. I think she was like 30 years old when she passed her driving test and I was about four or five. She had this tiny little like MG Metro Rover that didn't have a radio. It went at like 10 miles an hour. And me and my sisters were like so cramped whenever we were inside of it. But because it didn't have a radio, we used to create our own soundtrack. And so but we had like a repertoire of about like four songs, three of which were from The Little Mermaid. And the fourth was this song. It just reminds me of my mom driving us to dancing on a Friday night and the song is by like a bunch of sisters. It just brings back such happy memories of singing with my sisters, being forced to be backing vocals because my older sister wanted to take the lead. My first song is The Nolans, I'm in the mood for dancing. So growing up, Lee, did you see yourself as a homebody because you guys are all so close or did you see travels and the sort of slightly nomadic lifestyle that you led for a hot minute as a sort of exciting prospect? I do love my family and I love that we're so close. But I think from even a young age, 
I'd watched a lot of films, a lot of romantic films, you know, these epic journeys that these people go on. And I think even though I'm from a small town, I always wanted that for myself. And not that I was ever fighting to get out of my small town, but I think I was always looking for what was out there. So I guess you could say, yeah, I, I have always been a dreamer looking for something in the big wide world. Do you think you're the only one out of your sisters that is like that? Like I say, they're all either into medicine or still at home and you seem to be like, bye, <laughs> see ya. I think so. Do you know what's funny is that about five years ago, I looked at all my sisters' lives and they all, even like my baby sister, they all had their shit together. For like a hot second, I was, I was a little bit envious that they just had everything worked out and I thought to myself, you know, what if I had just stayed at home and I got a normal job, like normal in you know, inverted commas, and what would my life look like? And I remember speaking to my sister Rachel, who for me is like the oracle, she's always my voice of reason, hearing her say that she was always not jealous, but proud of the life that I have and has always looked to me, like live vicariously through me. I think that really put things in perspective for me, actually, that, yeah, I'm probably am the only one out of my sisters that has done something a little bit different, but it's okay to do that. All right, song two, tell me. Song two, man, when I hear it, I'm like 19 years old, it's summer, I've just finished my first year at university. For, for like my course at university, we were, we did long days, so we were in at like half eight and we'd finish at 6pm and so I would look at a lot of my, um, like my flatmates who were on courses where they would do like two hours of studies a week and I was so jealous. So then summer came and I finished my first year of uni and I just felt on top of the world. I had all this freedom. I was a grown up. I had my student loan, so I felt so rich. <laughs> and it just reminds me of, um, yeah, being with my pals, just living life, like just absolutely living and living life. Live, laugh, love, life. My second song is The Kooks, Naive. I'm not saying it's your fault, although you could have done more. Oh, you're so naive, yes, so How could this be done with such a smiling sweetheart? Oh, and your sweet and pretty face And such a ugly way Something so beautiful Oh, that every time I look inside I know she knows that I'm not fond of asking True or false it may be Or oh, she's still out to get me And I know she knows That I'm not fond of asking True or false it may be She's still out to get me The Cooks and Naive, you have had some of the most varied and also really weird dance jobs. <laughs> what one stands out the most? 
So as a performer, you often find you, that you put yourself forward for everything and you say yes, and then you learn later, whatever it is. My agent had said that they were looking for somebody who was an athlete. And I was like, cool, yeah. I mean, I ran cross country when I was 14. So yeah, I'm an athlete. So I was like, yeah, put me forwards. And so the casting itself was in an office and they just wanted to see how I looked. They didn't really see my skills until I got booked for the job. And they were like, cool, okay, so we're going to be doing some hurdling for some promotional posters for the Olympics. And I was like, okay, I'm a little bit worried now, but it's fine. So I, I take Roman to uh, like Crystal Palace racetrack and I'm like, let's practice doing some athletic stuff. Didn't go very well because I didn't know what to do, but it's fine. Um, so anyway, I, I rock up on set and the two guys that I'm working with are both Olympic athletes. And I was, at that moment, I felt like such a fraud and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get out of it. And it was so scary. The client was from Japan as well. So I was like, I felt, I felt like such an imposter. There was like a massive set of people that had flown all the way from Japan to take photos of a professional athlete doing some hurdles. And what they got was me. But in a true performer style, you just blag it. And luckily, I was the last person to, to take photos. So I just kind of watched what everyone else did and followed suit. And the photo actually turned out really well. I mean, there was probably a thousand fails, but there was one good shot. And it was for Panasonic. And they used it in their North America campaign for the Olympics. So it all turned out well in the end. But there was definitely that moment of, oh, shit, what have I got myself into? And could you actually hurdle? Did you manage to jump over one of them things? Well, <laughs> they lowered it down quite a bit, but they also, they lowered it for the effect of me looking like I was jumping a lot higher. It was more about faking it than actually doing it. So I managed to fake it very well. But I mean, if you put me on track and ask me to hurdle, I will fail. <laughs> I will fall into it and die. Okay, Lee, song three. Song three is by a super, super cool artist. And he's just so fresh. This song, you can't not want to dance when you hear it. I feel like actually all of his music just makes you want to dance and it makes you just want to be really cool. Actually, a few years ago, Roman and I saw him in concert and notoriously, whenever I go to concerts, I spend 90% of the time looking at the screen rather than the stage because I cannot see anything. Roman and I staked a spot at the front of the, the stage so that I could see. And it was so nice. Roman created a force field around me. So he put his hands on the railing behind me and like made sure that nobody got into my zone and I actually just could like dance it out. And it was so ace. And then the artist came out into the audience and there was a moment where he locked eyes with me and his hand came up for a high five and he started walking towards me. And then some crazy girl from behind just stuck her hand out in front of mine and stole my high five. And I was so, I was so angry and so upset. So when I tell the story, I will tell everyone that he high fived me, but the truth is he didn't because somebody stole it from me. Song three is Anderson Pack. Am I wrong? I'm only coming out to play. Nothing more that I hate in this life The wrong impression, I only have one to make You can open your palm, waiting to catch a break The cards will fall where they may And what about me? I believe in fate huh. They want to know where I'll be in five huh. But what about today? What 
many a gig, many a concert. We've been to many a gig, many a concert. Have you got a standout gig and or concert? I do. Sadly, it doesn't involve Roman though. My favourite concert was one of the first concerts that I went to and it was the Crush Tour by Bon Jovi. I'm, Hilary, I'm not going to look at you whilst I talk about this because I can already see that you're cracking up. <laughs> but honestly, oh my gosh, it was the best concert ever. So my dad, I don't know why, it was me, my mom, my dad and my sister Rachel and they only managed to get two VIP tickets. So we got to be in like that front circle, like where the fans only get to go. He sang this song called Captain Crash and the Beauty Queen from Mars. He had his guitar and he spun around and he pointed and he sang the whole chorus pointing at me. Bon Jovi personally addressed me. Yeah, it changed my life. Okay, Lee, let's go on to song four, please. Song four is by possibly the greatest songwriter of all time. So growing up, I have four sisters. And so quality time with my parents kind of was limited to when they were ferrying me around places. And every Saturday, my dad would take me to gymnastics and we'd sit in the car and he would put on some music and he would always say to me, Leanne, do you know what this song is about? I was like, you know, nine or 10 years old. So the chances were I didn't know what these songs were about. Um, so he used to tell me and we used to listen to a lot of Leonard Cohen. And he really taught me through Leonard Cohen about storytelling in songs and listening to the lyrics and not just the melody. This song in particular is just so epic. It's about a love story and the song doesn't just focus on one aspect or one moment of their time together. It kind of talks about the, the relationship from the very beginning through to the end and unfortunately they don't end up together and this song is him kind of giving his, his parting goodbye words to her and it just gets me deep. Not just this song but a lot of his songs, they're just so beautifully written. He was a poet before he was a songwriter and I think you can really tell that. So my next song is Leonard Cohen, So Long, Marianne. Come over to the window, my little darling. I'd like to try to read your poem. I used to think I was some kind of gypsy boy. Before I let you take me home 
Leonard Cohen, So Long Marianne, turbo romantic song. And you as an absolute sucker for any love story, anybody that might be in love, you're like, tell me everything. For you, what's the best thing about being in love? Oh my gosh, where do I begin? I don't think I can pinpoint it to one thing. It's just the feeling of like floating through life, like bouncing along on this cloud and looking to the side of you and you just see that other person bouncing along on that cloud. Everybody who's been in love themselves, they know that butterfly feeling that you get in your stomach. And even when somebody else tells me about their romance or their budding relationship, I get that feeling for them. I just love it, that feeling for everybody. Everyone should experience that and feel that every day, that, that butterfly feeling. I hope that it never goes away. I don't think it will for you, doll. I don't think that's physically possible. <laughs> okay, song five. Song five by the acest guy who has the acest pals. I feel like that's why I love him so much because he's so unassuming. He's just a normal guy that's really cool and makes some music with some really cool friends. He doesn't advertise his music, so I feel that everybody who likes and appreciates this guy has stumbled upon him or somebody else has given them the secret password to his music. And so when you find someone that knows him, you're like, yes, you're cool, you're in the secret club. Generally, I'm more of a, an individual song person than an album person. It's rare that I enjoy a whole album by an artist, but this guy is an all of the album kind of guy. So which album is this song from? I don't know. <laughs> Wait. After saying you're an album kind of gal, you can't now Google what the album is. <laughs> <laughs> because I just know that it's the one with the handprint. Oh man, we'll just edit that part out. My penultimate song is 
Tom Meesh in the midst of it all. Something you gave me I focus on A hundred moments ready song Into my memory But you still come loose though The time it grows I know you'd like to take it slow But I got to know That's why you got to come here I don't know how I managed to pick one of the most melancholy, but it just makes you feel so oozy and woozy and just brilliant. I love it. What is so funny about Tom Meesh, and it's also happened with Stevie, is that these two guys are common threads in all of our Desert Island Dish choices in this group. And famously, we don't discuss it beforehand. You know, there's something in that, the fact that everyone has gone in blind with their lists and Tom has come up in so many people's lists. Stevie is in an awful lot of people's lists. Tom is famous for having many a famous friend. What do your friends mean to you? Oh gosh, don't. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> my, I can't look at you as I say this. My friends have seen me through some... No, I, I, <clears throat> I'm so lucky because I, whatever... <sighs> okay, so sorry. I'm really lucky because I have four amazing sisters who are like gal pals as well as sisters but I'm even luckier because beyond that, I have this wonderful group of extended superhuman superheroes, no matter what I've been going through, whether that's been the highs or the lows, we have such a good support network. There's always at least one, if not seven people to pick you up, give you a hug and give you the advice that you need to hear that you don't want to hear, that you do want to hear. They're just there for everything. And I'm so thankful for you guys for, yeah, for everything that you have, have done for me. It's so hard because if I was to write this in a letter, I think I could write reams and reams. I could write a forest about how amazing you girls are and what you've done for me. But oh, I'm sorry. There is, there is so much I want to say, but the lump in the back of my throat 
is preventing me from doing so. Um, but I think you all know how much I love you. You're like the extended family. Thank goodness this is not a video. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go for the final song. So my final song is by the other great man in my life that's not Roman. He's there for me during the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. And whatever mood I'm in, there's always a song that's ready to... Oh gosh. <laughs> no matter how I'm feeling, John, spoiler alert, always has a song for me. But this song in particular, it reminds me of 2010 March time. And it was just before Roman and I had got together. And it's really funny because obviously I, I heard Roman's Desert Island Disc and he also picked this song. And I found it really interesting to hear what he had to say and how this song resonates with him. Because for me, it has a, a different story. And it reminds me of us guys being friends, but I think deep down, I think I knew that I loved him. But that moment of me trying to accept that we were just going to be good friends and that's what our relationship was, not knowing how he was feeling as well. And so this song, there's a line in it. He says, there I just said it, I'm scared you'll forget about me. That line used to just burn me because I used to just think, will only ever be friends and he's gonna move on with his life and he'll find somebody else and he'll forget about me. The night that we had our first kiss, this was also a song that was playing in the background. And so it kind of has grown with us through our relationship. And as our relationship has changed over the last 10 years, I feel like this song always manages to still reflect the sentiment, I guess, behind our relationship. And, you know, there's just a moment of, like sheer desperation in his voice when he says, you know, don't say a word, just come over and lie here with me. I want you so bad, I'll go back on the things I believe. There's been so like many times throughout our 10 years where we've been faced with adversity and just that sheer desperation of like, I don't care whatever happens just right now, I just love you and I want to be with you. And so that, I feel like this song has matured with me and matured with our relationship as much as it has matured as a song and this song is John Mayer, Edge of Desire.
And that, of course, was the little music box playing John Mayer, Edge of Desire. God, it's such a heartbreaking song. John is another one that crops up in this friendship group and he is an absolute master of lyrics. Maybe like Ru, you are a lyric person rather than a music person. What with Leonard Cohen? So with all the adversities then through every stage of your relationship, what have you learned about yourself after everything? That I'm still a hopeless romantic. Always have been, always will be. But also that I am stronger than I think I am. And I, I, I second guess myself and my feelings quite a lot. And I think particularly over the last, you know, three years, I've really learned to, um, to trust myself and, and be a bit more confident with that. But yeah, I still love, 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 live, laugh, love. So you're in Amsterdam, like I said, for the time being. You're fully adjusting to life now, Lee, as a nine to five person no longer dancing, living like a fully settled life with a house. Who would have thought? But how does it feel now to be settled really for the foreseeable? Oh, it feels so good. I miss the traveling aspect maybe to performing, but the stability that I have now and being able to plan my future definitely outweighs that. Um, And that goes from just being able to plan that on Wednesday evening, Roman and I can have dinner together through to in two months time we're going to fly back to London and go hang out with the breakfast club and they were just things they were like luxuries that we just didn't have before London for me it never felt like home maybe because I always saw it as like a landing spot in between going away on contracts but it always felt quite overwhelming and and super busy I think Amsterdam is my city it's just super chilled you can hop on your bike and be anywhere in the city within 20 minutes yeah i'm super settled here so what's ahead what lies afoot i'm just enjoying this stage for the moment of like planning for you know two months ahead further than that i think i don't know i think roman and i still both dream of living by the sea in a a warm country, owning a little beach cafe where we do surf classes on a weekend and open mic night on a Monday and yoga on a Wednesday, 8am. Obviously not taught by me because I would not be awake at 8am. But that's still the dream and I really enjoy having that dream and working towards it. But for now, Amsterdam is my home. Like in the end of the, have you seen The Born Identity? You know at the end of The Born Identity when he goes to find his girlfriend and she's in... She's got this like moped shop on like on some Greek island and he turns up and he's all like sexy in the door frame and you're like, oh my God, that's the dream. <laughs> okay, I thought Born Identity was an action film, but you've just made it sound really romantic and now I really want to watch it. Oh my God, the last five minutes of the film is like the most romantic shit ever it is so romantic and it is like my idea of absolute heaven this whole setup of the shop and her and the sea and him in the door frame <laughs> okay lee so you're gonna head off to your desert island with your six discs some tissues um you're also gonna get an encyclopedia to learn everything about this world. You're going to get a world map to know that you're not the only person on this earth and that there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands and millions of other countries and islands. And then you get to take your luxury item. So what are you taking? So my luxury item is going to be a book, the most epic book in the entire world called The Bronze Horseman. 
it is an epic book about love. Oh, and I figured if I'm on this desert island, it's a fat ass book. Despite the fact that I've read it multiple times, it still takes me a good couple of weeks to, to read it. So I figured if I'm on this island and I've got nothing better to do, why not take a book that I'm happy to read over and over again and dream about love. And for anybody that hasn't read it, they really should. I haven't read it. I've never even heard of it. Oh, Hillary. It's based in Russia during World War Two, And it's about a Russian soldier and a Russian girl. And they fall in love just before Leningrad gets put under siege. And I really recommend that you read it. All right, Lee, I'm going to cast you off with your books, encyclopedia, your world map. And do you think you'll thrive on this island on your own? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a great time, me, myself and I. I'll just be dreaming. Somebody sent me a, a funny meme the other day of um, Kanye West taking uh, a photo of the sky and then the caption that goes with it is, uh, oh look, a cloud. And I fully think <laughs> that will be me. <laughs> also, the person that tagged me in it was Hilary Whitley. <laughs> but imagine all of the great sunsets you'll get uninterrupted because you'll just be you in the ocean. <laughs> oh look, a sunset. Next time, the tables have turned and it's my Desert Island Discs. Thanks for listening.